0: Welcome to Spirit in Action. My name is Mark HelpsMeet, and each week we bring you visits and conversations with people doing healing work for this world, hearing what they're doing and what inspires them and supports them in doing it. Welcome to Spirit in Action. This year, as in years past, I attended the Wisconsin Grassroots Network, that's WGN. I attended their festival, But in a special way, this year, WGN brought its speakers, breakout sessions, and exhibits to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, Norton Spirit Radio's hometown. On September 22nd at 9 a.m., we gathered on the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire campus to rally around the theme, Rise Up, Our Future, Our Choice. Today on Spirit in Action, we'll give you a taste of the day's events by listening in to the goings-on at the Grassroots Festival. And I'd like to especially note the production assistance by Catherine Thomas, which made this possible. Ten years ago, the Wisconsin Grassroots Network held its first festival, around the time of the Great Recession. Perhaps economic uncertainty and the vulnerability of everyday people in the face of large private interests inspired WGN's founders to organize. WGN shares its mission to facilitate and sustain the development and growth of community-based grassroots organizations for the purposes of enhancing democracy, justice, and equity for all. 28 grassroots groups have since sprung up throughout Wisconsin. Time won't allow me to share the entire event with you, but here's an overview. The 2018 Fest in Eau Claire included a featured exhibit, Call for Peace Honoring the Threads of Ancient Wisdom, and more than 20 breakout sessions focused on the four E's environment, education, economics, and equality. There were several presenters addressing the full-assembled crowd, among them the Raging Grannies, a remarkable social justice musical group who share their activism by creating new lyrics to commonly known tunes. Later on, we'll hear from John Nichols, another of the day's keynote speakers. John is a proud Wisconsinite, progressive journalist, author, and, as we'll hear, an engaging orator. But first, we'll kick off our sampling of the Eau Claire Grassroots Festival with a brief welcome by Art and Dawn Ciccone. I'll let the day's MC introduce you to Art and Dawn and spell out a bit of their role in the Grassroots Network.
1: Now, they are both co founders of the Grassroots Network and the Call for Peace Drum and Dance Company. They are presenting a unified message for peace, balance, and harmony around the world. Founded in 1989 through the Madison, Wisconsin, Martin Luther King Jr. Coalition, the company went on to unite over 26 cultural dance company directors and performers, creating through a universal language of dance and traditional drums, uniting together each rhythm, creating a symphony of harmony and unity. I now present Art and Don Cigoni. Bonjour. Welcome to my country. I want to start this out by saying that I went out by the uh, mighty Council Oak this morning, myself and Mary Kay Baum, and another young gentleman from the staff here, and we said a prayer out by that tree. We have a piece of the woodwork up here from the original tree, so we said a prayer and a blessing for everybody that's in the comings and the goings so that when you go back home that you're going to find everything as you left it when you came here this morning, and that your family and your relatives, wherever they go, their comings and goings, that they're going to return back home safe and sound. And so I want to say thank you for all of you for being here, and we are all part of this medicine wheel, the Ashke Bamada Zing. And it said, when the water turns to poison and you can no longer eat the fish, a new people will emerge And they have been emerging and emerging for a long time and coming together as we are today. We all live on this medicine wheel, peace, balance, and harmony. And that's the way we're going to live, prosper with all this. So my wine and to all you brothers and sisters, thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. So I want to begin by speaking to the fact that we are sitting in the Ojibwe room. And that's part of our message in this exhibition of Call for Peace, Honoring the Threads of Ancient Wisdom. Unity is diversity and diversity is democracy. And today we are wanting to honor this council oak tree that was a 300-year oak tree. So in the exhibition, this is the 300-year oak tree that in 1966 was hit by lightning. In 1987, a storm kind of brought it down. They replanted another tree in 1990. But Native tribes came to this tree on the grounds here at UW and did peace talks and treaty rights talks. So this university has honored Native peoples. And Pat Popple, who has done a lot here through the university and is a speaker today, she's sort of the mothership of San Mining Sentinel, she was given an award from the university here that is actually wood from the 300-year oak tree. So be sure to take a a look. So they decided to name all the rooms in this new building after the tribes, if you were wondering why that is. And so we wanted to bring that to your attention on how this university has honored Native peoples.
0: That was how Art and Don Ciccone started out the Eau Claire Grassroots Festival. We went right on to very short presentations by specialists in each of the four areas, the four E's, environment, education, economics, and equality, followed by the first of the breakout sections, nine or ten separate topics, presentations, and workshops, before coming back together as a whole for some educational and inspirational music in the keynote address by the Raging Grannies of Madison. The Grannies are an international women's organization that got their start in Canada in the 1980s. As their website, RagingGrannies.org, tells us, the Grannies purposefully adopt the non-threatening little old lady persona because it, quote, Allows older women to claim public space. Unquote. They go on to say that as grannies, they quote, create new space for politics as they perform their protest not as authorities, but as ordinary people with something to say, turning their identity, usually a liability, into a resource. Unquote. The raging grannies have gaggles or chapters around the world. Today we'll hear from the Raging Grannies of Madison, Wisconsin, as they sing several songs about education, environment, economy, and equality. To find a list of all the songs shared in today's program, please visit northernspiritradio.org. And now, the Raging Grannies of Madison.
3: Oh dear, where does our money? Where does our money go? Oh, dear, where does our money go? Missiles and weapons and war. We wanted good schools with a lot of good teachers. We need a health plan with single-pay features. A lovely green planet with peace for all creatures. Not missiles and weapons and war oh dear where does our money go oh dear where does our money go oh dear where does our money go missiles and weapons and war we hate paying taxes but know that we oughter we'll gladly shell out for some clean air and water But why must we pay for destruction and slaughter, for missiles and weapons and war? Oh dear, where does our money go? Oh dear, where does our money go? Oh dear, where does our money go? go?
0: Missiles and weapons
3: and war mongers make profits without caring who's hurt they buy politicians demanding their full support
0: they make the world's weapons our number one
3: export missiles and weapons and war oh dear where does our money go oh dear where does our money go oh Oh misconduct and harassment, and what to do consumes each institution. But instead of trying to analyze what each remark or pass meant, there just might be an easier solution. You could Do a lot of training and encourage more complaining, or you can hire and promote more women. Make everybody in the joint sit through a lengthy PowerPoint, or hire and promote more women. You could ban socializing and employee fraternizing, till the rules and regulations you're swimming. At your board of directors, hire inspectors with lie detectors, or maybe just appoint more women. You could emulate my pence and decline any events where there's a chance you'd be alone with women, which is totally unfair if you avoid us everywhere. Opportunity won't be there for women
2: And if the guy is such a wuss He can't help grabbing someone's a private part Without being told his must needs
3: trimming Instead of one more chance To keep it in his pants Maybe he should be replaced by women You would. Give us a dress code, making sure that nothing showed, so the guys aren't triggered by women. Or that crap we could torpedo, men could own their own libido, and stop blaming everything on women. With a story coming through, you could sniff. Well, it's true. Till the list of violations is written But instead of having men wonder what to do again We might try electing more women There seems to be a troubling double standard For men who have harassed, assaulted, or philandered Liberals, we reject them
0: while conservatives
3: elect them, you could make a lot of noise about boys just being boys, or realize that lies and misdirection. You could sputter and squawk, it's just locker room talk. Well, well that worked in the last election.
0: How many times before have
3: we thought we won this war? Then nope, our hopes kept dimming. But now things are moving fast. Maybe change come at last But we're finally believing women. Cause the best antidote is to hire and
2: promote and elect and vote for more women. Yeah. Yes
3: and to vote is to hire and promote and elect and vote for more women. I have a friend who traveled north with her family. This is the only home she knows she dreams like you and me. Her dad works on a dairy farm. She's an engineer. Let's change the law to keep their skills and their talents here. Stand up and fight for immigrant rights. They come to work. Don't slam the door. Stand up and shout with all your might. Riches travel north, the people will come too. Corn used to be a source of life and rural people thrive. But now it's a commodity, you gotta go north to survive. Stand up and fight for immigrant rights. They come to work. Don't slam the door. Stand up and shout. With all your might, we're All create an equal, not some less and others more. I have a friend who's Mexican, she brightens up my day. She wishes she could visit home, but danger marks the way. We're all in love with family as long as it's our own. But Mexicans who come to work must leave their children home. Stand up and fight for immigrant rights. They come to work. Don't slam the door. Stand up and shout with all your might. We're all created equal, not some less than others. Free public education is the foundation of our democracy. Our successes as a country are the result of access to schools. Sadly, today, it is under attack. The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. The wheels on the bus go round and round, all through the town. The bus takes the kids to public school, public school, public school. The kids know the public schools are cool, All through the town The doors on the bus go open and shut Open and shut, open and shut And you are welcome no matter what In public schools The driver on the bus says move on back Room for all, it's a fact Rich and poor and short and tall In public schools The horn on the bus goes beep, beep, beep Beep beep, 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 beep. Clearing the road of those who keep screwing public schools. Don't let the wheels grind to a halt, to a halt, to a halt. If that happens, it's all our fault. Support our public schools. Climate change, we've got to slow the rate of climate change. The situation's one of urgency, emergency. With short-sighted thinking, we'll see our coastlines sinking. Climate change, The science tells us about climate change. We need to cut down use of fossil fuels, set up new rules. Cracking gas and oil so will make the planet boil climate change. Our kids and grandkids see a healthy place to live. Sustainability requires you and me to take drastic action. Now to slow down climate change. The planet cannot wait for us to change depend on energy from wind and sun, it must be done. To a run disaster, we must act fast and faster, climate change. Our kids and grandkids need a healthy place to live. Sustainability requires you and me to take drastic action now. We have two final songs for you, but first of all, we want to say thank you so much for inviting the Raging Grannies of Madison. Thank you. And thank you so much for being such an enthusiastic, engaged audience. This is wonderful as we think about the final two songs and how they punctuate boldly the theme for today's festival. Rise up! Our future, our choice. We will all vote on November sixth, and we will all rise up to have our voices heard. Gonna go down and cast my vote down at the polling place. Down at the polling place. Down at the polling place. Gonna go down. Cast my vote down at the polling place Ain't gonna suffer fools no more I ain't gonna suffer fools no more I'm
0: gonna settle
3: up the score I'll vote for peace instead of war I ain't gonna suffer fools no more but The people's will you can't ignore I'll vote for peace instead of war. Gonna go down and cast my vote. Down at the polling place. Down at the polling place. Down at the polling place. Gonna go down and cast my vote. Down at the polling place Ain't gonna suffer fools no more I ain't gonna suffer fools no more The loss for rich as well as poor We government, we will restore I ain't gonna suffer fools no more I'll Raise my voice, now hear me roar We government, we will restore Gonna go down and cast my vote. Down at the polling place. Down at the polling place. Down at the polling place. Gonna go down and cast my vote. Down at the polling place. Ain't gonna suffer fools. No.
0: We've just heard, and maybe sung along with, the Raging Grannies of Madison, Wisconsin. They're one chapter, or gaggle, of an international women's social justice group that uses music to bring attention to issues of public interest. Interested in becoming a granny yourself? Requirements include a sense of humor, willingness to make noise, an open heart to learn something new, passion, joy, and delight, but not necessarily any singing ability. Find more about the Raging Grannies at RagingGrannies.org. They share their treasure trove of song lyrics at RagingGrannies.net. You can also find links to them on our site, nordenspiritradio.org That includes a 2013 Spirit in Action episode with the Grannies called Raging Grannies Are Conspiring. nordenspiritradio.org. Before we go on to our next glimpse of the September 23rd, 2018 Eau Claire Grassroots Festival, I want to remind you that you're listening to Spirit in Action. You can find all about this and 13 and a half years of our programs on nordenspiritradio.org. The website is filled with all kinds of wonderful things like links to our guests, like links to our guests, stations that carry our programs, blog posts, other news, and don't forget the comments your comments, which liven up our connection, and there's a wonderful donate button, which gives you a chance to make sure this full-time work continues, assisted so importantly today by Catherine Thomas. We're counting on you because we're grassroots ourselves, not using corporations or government funding, but listener support to make Norton Spirit Radio run. And where would we be without the amazing community radio stations that do such an amazing job of bringing local-infused alternative music and news to our community? Take stock in your wallet and hands and pitch in to help your local community radio station thrive now. Back to the Eau Claire Grassroots Festival Happenings. With music behind us, let's settle in and lend our ears to John Nichols as he adds to the energy and urgency the grannies gave to today's spirit and action. John writes for publications such as The Nation, The Capital Times of Madison, Wisconsin, and The Progressive. He appears frequently on radio and television programs and has written and edited numerous books. His most recent work is Horsemen of the Trumpocalypse, a field guide to the most dangerous people in America. For real-time daily doses of John Nichols, catch him on Twitter at, at Uprising.
4: We're in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Do you know that two good things about Eau Claire? Number one, when Joe McCarthy... The funny thing is, it's like we have such awful people now running things that Joe McCarthy doesn't seem so bad anymore, and that's a (laughs) a nightmarish thought, right? But when Joe McCarthy was around, do you know that Wisconsin was the one place in the country where Joe McCarthy didn't get the kind of traction that he got in an awful lot of other places? Wisconsin didn't have hearings to find the communists. Wisconsin didn't have assaults on the dissident groups in the same kind of ways. Do you know that there were socialists speaking on the University of Wisconsin campus about socialism right in the midst of Joe McCarthy's Red Scare? In fact, in Milwaukee, in 1948, they elected a socialist mayor of Milwaukee. (laughs) And then Joe McCarthy, like, is going on and on about all these things. And in 1952, in the very heart of the Red Scare... Milwaukee reelected its socialist mayor by a bigger margin than he got elected the first time. And one of the great hotbeds of opposition to Joe McCarthy's reign of error and terror, a horrible time in this country where we divided people among one another based on, on what they believe, based on their values, when we, you know, demonized minorities and refugees, when we You know, oh, hold it. Well, one of the horrible times in American history, Eau Claire was a hotbed of opposition to Joe McCarthy. The local Democratic Party was like raging against McCarthy. They were standing up to him. They were writing letters to the editor and holding events and doing all this stuff. And the young woman who was the chair of the Democratic Party was Ann Landers. Yeah! Or was it Dear Abby? Was it Abby or Anne? Oh, come on. It was one of the two. So, you know, Aunt Landers and Dear Abby, right, where there's two women. Well, one of them lived here in Eau Claire, and before they got the column going, before they became famous, she was an anti-Joe McCarthy activist in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And the fact of the matter is, I believe that if you start your career taking on Joe McCarthy... You can absolutely give the country advice on any issue whatsoever.
0: John gives us a history lesson about politics here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, including a surprising fact about nationally known advice columnist Pauline Phillips, also known as Dear Abby. He also discusses current issues specific to Wisconsin and trending across the country. In the course of John's talk, we'll spend four point five billion dollars and hear his call for optimism and activism. Without further ado, John Nichols.
4: Oh, so many good, wise things, but as long as we mentioned it Foxconn. I am, as some of you may have recognized, I am a believer in the book. I come from a Quaker background, right? And If you know Quakers, they're very quiet, (laughs) soft-voiced. We're very forgiving. Sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's harder. Scott Walker makes it hard sometimes. But I'm, I'm willing to forgive Scott Walker most of his wrongs, but I'm struggling with this Foxconn thing. And let me tell you why. Scott Walker told us that we were so broke that we had to attack the rights of our public employees to organize unions and to get a fair shake in the workplace. We had to attack our teachers and the unions that represent them because we were so broke we couldn't afford to pay teachers and to pay public employees a living wage. And he told us We didn't have enough money to pay for the great schools of Wisconsin, and he took a billion dollars away from our schools. That was before he was running as an education governor. And he told us we didn't have enough money for public services, the ambulances and the police cars, but also, you know, the snowplow drivers and Everybody, and, and the nurses, and the counselors, everybody who makes our communities function, the people whose names we don't know, but who are the infrastructure of civil society, told us they can't organize unions. we got to undermine that. we got to undermine their ability to have a decent living, to put the basics together for themselves, and to also represent the people they serve. So we don't have the money for that. We don't have the money for... Uh, Rail system that would come through Wisconsin and that would allow us not to drive cars, but to actually hop on a high speed train and do a little bit to save the planet. So we don't have the money for that. We don't have the money for high speed broadband for our rural areas. We don't have the money for anything. We are so unbelievably broke. And then he found $4.5 billion for a multinational corporation that has one of the worst workplace and environmental records on the planet. And he gave them that money. And brothers and sisters, I can forgive a lot, but do not tell people that they are broke, that they don't have the money for public schools and public services and public employees and teachers, and then give $4.5 billion away, $4.5 billion of our treasure to a multinational corporation that will never deliver on its promises, that will despoil our lakes, that will not respect our workers, and that will ultimately seduce and abandon us. Don't do it. Thing I forgive this man for. I love that he told us we have an extra 4.5 billion. No, that's good news. I thought we were broke. Now I know we have 4.5 billion, my friend. Now I don't know about you, but when I get an extra 4.5 billion, I try to think about what I'm going to do with it. Now Scott Walker's answer is to give it to a company from Taiwan that does most of its business in China to build a factory that makes big screen TVs, when every business analyst in the world tells you that big screen TVs are a dying industry, and who's going to tell us that they're going to create, oh, 10, 15,000 jobs at a time when every business analyst in the world tells us we are entering into a period of automation when every single manufacturing plant of big size will be automated and they won't have thousands of people, they'll have thousands of robots. And by the way, Foxconn is from Taiwan, and do you know where the number one robot manufacturer in the world is? Taiwan. Do you know who's invested and engaged with robotification of plants around the world? Foxconn, I kind of think maybe we could do something else with the money. It's our money. It's our money. Scott Walker's not saying, yeah, I got a job finally, and I made some money, and I'm going to give it to the Foxconn. No, he said, I got a whole bunch of tax money. I'm going to give that to Foxconn. So it's our money, and here's what I say we ought to do with it. I say that Foxconn has changed every aspect of the deal they made with us. They're literally telling us they're going to make different things in different ways. And I don't care if they come to Eau Claire and give us ten bucks here, or they come to Madison and put a million bucks there, or they come around the state and say, we got hundred million for you. I love you. Here's a hundred million dollars. Because if you give me 4.5 billion and I give you hundred million, I'm giving you hundred million of your money. I'm not giving you anything. I am taking it from you, and then I've given a little bit back so you don't hate me for what I did to you. So I say, let's take all $4.5 billion and think about what we could do with it. Now, I got a taste for democracy, so I like the idea of letting the people have a little say in this. But let's just do some basic things, because there's some duties and some responsibilities. Scott Walker really did screw the schools up. When my daughter started in kindergarten, Scott Walker had just come in as governor. She was in a class with 25, 26 students. Mary Jo Yitri was the teacher. Mary Jo Yitri had been a teacher forever in the Madison Public Schools. And I mean forever. She had taught when my grandmother was a substitute. You know, I'm not kidding. She'd been there forever. And Mary Jo Yitry used to say at the start of every session of the school, she'd say, will you give me the kids with the special needs? You know, I'll take my share of the kids who are really smart and are going to do great. But I want, you know, just you put those kids with the special needs in my class. People would say, well, Mary Jo, you're the oldest teacher in the school. You've been here forever. That's a lot of burden. She said, you know what? I actually know how to teach. I want to teach kids with special needs. I want the autistic kid. I want the kid who's got, you know, a real spinal problem. I want all the kids with challenges because I think I know how to teach them. And I went to Mary Jo's class. She had three assistants in the class to help her do it. There were 20, 25, 26 kids. Four or five of them had very major special needs, but those assistants made sure that they didn't disturb the class if there was a challenge, but they were helped and served. And then Mary Jo was able to teach the kids something. And you know what she taught them? You know what she taught my daughter at the age of five? That if you were lucky, if it was your lucky day, you got to stay in from recess and play with Katie in the wheelchair because Katie couldn't go to recess. And so they had a lottery in the class. And the winner each day was the kid that got to stay and help Katie play at recess. They had all these wonderful teaching moments and programs to make sure that these kids who had abilities, had all these opportunities, all these options, understood that the kids with special needs were simply that. Kids with special needs, and the first need was to be loved and cared for and included. That's what teachers were and are, in Wisconsin, Scott Walker tried to paint them as a burden to our state, as people who took more than they deserved. The truth is, they were never a burden. They gave us more than we could have asked. So my first billion from the Foxconn money is going to public education where we will adopt the Finnish model, which is that teachers should be among the highest paid people in any community because the service they do (laughs) is the greatest service. That doesn't mean that teachers are going to get paid CEO salaries or anything like that. You go on the average, but when you find that average, you make sure that teaching is paid at that highest average, at those higher levels, so that the best and the brightest, the Mary Jo Yitries, go into every school in this state, generation after generation. And you get those assistants back in the classrooms, and you find those kids with special needs, and you say, we are going to take care of every one of you. Wisconsin is going to be the greatest state in the nation for education of all children. No matter what their race, no matter what their condition economically, no matter what their ethnicity, no matter what their special need, no matter what their zip code, every student in Wisconsin will rise because we will put enough money into the schools to pay for it. Number one. (laughs) Folks, we got so much more money I'm taking the next billion, and I'm saying, you know what? Scott Walker didn't want to take that all that Medicare money and all the Medicaid money. We're going to take it. And we're going to double it. We're putting an extra billion into health care in Wisconsin with the purpose of eliminating co-pays and all of the other ways that they nickel and dime us and to make sure that if you get sick in Wisconsin, you go and get the care that you need. And as we do it, I want to put a little bit of that money into doing the research to create Wisconsin's Medicare-for-all single-payer system so that we will lead the United States in health care reform. Yeah, but we still got so much more money. I'm taking the next billion. We're only at the halfway point, brothers and sisters. I'm giving away billions. We're helping the schools. We're helping health care. I'm taking the next billion dollars and I'm putting it into racial justice. And I'm creating a commission made up of African-Americans and Latinos and Native Americans and other communities that have been historically disenfranchised in this state, and we will get the best and the brightest of our university, which, by the way, has been freed from the shackles that Scott Walker and the regents have put on it to do cutting-edge research, and I am going to ask that commission and those university professors to renew the Wisconsin idea and to say that in this great state of Wisconsin, we will figure out how to establish racial justice and racial equality and racial equity, and then we will put the money into the programs and into the cities and into the neighborhoods where it is necessary to make it happen. We will rise together as a state. Brothers and sisters, we still got another billion dollars. Still another billion dollars. we got one more billion dollars, and here's what I want to do with that next billion. I want to establish a revolving loan fund. Not a revolving loan fund like real people experience. I want a revolving loan fund like banks and billionaires experience, right? Like they have at the Federal Reserve, no interest loans, right? You just basically get the money for almost nothing. And I want to establish a program that has two purposes. Number one, that at the end of the period in which this program exists, let's say four years of governor's term, at the end of this period, we will have more young farmers on the land than we had at the start. We will bring people back to the land, and we will help young people get into farming so that Wisconsin is not just America's dairy land, so that Wisconsin is the most successful and engaged and modern and environmentally sound and economically sound agricultural state in the United States. I want to put us in competition with the European countries, with countries around the world I want us to lead for humane and sustainable agriculture. And I want us to give those young farmers the money they need to get into the business because they will make us all richer. And then I'm going to take a little bit more of that money, right? And I'm going to give it in loans to women, to people of color, to young folks from disadvantaged backgrounds. In fact, I'll basically give it to anybody who's a local, small business person in this state with an innovative idea as long as they are absolutely committed to build that idea out in Wisconsin, to employ Wisconsinites, to be committed to this state and its future. I want to create a small business revolution in this state that leads the country in innovation. I wanna renew every small town in Wisconsin so that there's no place that's fallen behind. I wanna renew every neighborhood in Milwaukee and Beloit and our great cities so that there's no neighborhood that's fallen behind. I wanna put money into people that are creating jobs. And I am only saying that the cutting edge idea that we will have is that we are not gonna give it to a company from Taiwan, we are gonna give it To people from Toma, right? We're gonna give it to people who live in the state of Wisconsin to create jobs and create innovation. And the last 500 million, I know, can you believe it? This is why I do this, folks. It's not just to go through the money, it's to say, this is how much money we're talking about giving away. I think we need to take that 500 million and we need to do something that Brazil has done some European cities have done, places around the world have done. And that is to create small-D democratic budgeting and to put a list of options forward, allow Wisconsinites to meet and study it, and in one of our spring elections, to have a list of options where people with ranked choice voting can vote where to put the money. Let the people of Wisconsin decide where to put the last $500 million of their money, and I know people will say, oh, no, no, we have so many other needs. I know we do. But we need to break the anti-democratic sensibility that says only elected officials, that only those who are in a position of power can make the decisions about what we do with our money. I want to democratize the process. You know what I think a lot of that money might go for? And I know people are going to be surprised by this. I think a lot of that money will go to criminal justice reform because I think that's the best investment you can make when you start to close down prisons, bring people back into their communities. But I will let the people make decisions on it because you know what would happen if the people voted for criminal justice reform? Well, then those politicians would stop trying to scare people about it. And we might actually get it. So brothers and sisters, we just went through 4.5 billion in a relatively short amount of time. And this is funny, frustrating, overwhelming to think about. But the fact of the matter is, I saw how you lit up as we started to talk about it. And this is why we have to talk about it. Because democracy is about giving us the power to make decisions about our lives. And the fact of the matter is, in Wisconsin for the last eight years, they have taken that power, that authority, that opportunity away from us. They have tried to make it hard to vote. They have changed the rules of our state Supreme Court. They took Shirley Abramson out as Chief Justice, for heaven's sake. The most competent person we've ever had as a judge in this state. They have attacked every element of our small-D democracy in Wisconsin. And I come to you to beg you to be a part of renewing our democracy in this state. Because the fact of the matter is, if you give people power, if you give them the ability to decide how their lives can and will be lived, they will do so much better than the political elites and the billionaires and the campaign contributors from outside this state. I know Wisconsinites. I am a seventh generation Wisconsinite. But I know one thing about Wisconsinites. They are good people, but they are brutalized. They are brutalized by campaign commercials and political lies and spin. They are forced to think things that just aren't true. The reason that negative ads are on TV is to Not to make people vote for somebody, they're to make you not vote. And so I want to break this cycle, and I believe that we will break it this year. I believe that 2018 can be a transformational year in Wisconsin politics and in national politics, and I know it's hard. Last night, I watched the Texas U.S. Senate debate. And I watched Ted Cruz, who everybody thought was going to get reelected without of a blink of the eye, debate Beto O'Rourke, a 45 year old congressman from El Paso, Texas. And you know what? He shredded Ted Cruz in that debate. And yesterday, the top analyst in the country moved Texas's U.S. Senate debate from Lean's Republican to Toss Up because a 45-year-old congressman who says he's running for economic and social justice and racial justice, this guy has pulled the state of Texas into a tie. And I got enough pride, brothers and sisters, to tell you this. If Texas is a tie, then Wisconsin better be a landslide for economic and social justice in 2018. And I want to just close with the thought of I know how easy it is, how easy it is to talk yourself out. You say, well, that Mr. Nichols, he is vaguely entertaining. He's okay. But as you're driving home, you let all those negative thoughts kind of creep back into your head. You're heading down. So you're on your way. Or wherever you're going, wherever you're driving home, you're thinking, you're driving along, you're thinking, oh, you know, I know it's awful. There's all these awful things going on, and the whole world's got all this awful stuff. And it is so easy to talk yourself into believing that in the end, we just can't win it. I want to make the case as I close for optimism, for a absolutely clear-eyed, honest sense of hope and faith in the future. And I want to tell you about a group of Wisconsinites, 150 years ago, kids from Eau Claire and Chippewa Falls in Vernon County and Dane County and Jefferson County who formed the 24th unit in the Union Army coming out of Wisconsin. And they, they went down to Georgia They were on the line, right on that line going into the deep south. They were on the Tennessee side. So they were at Lookout Mountain there. And over by Lookout Mountain, all the great commanders of the Union Army were gathered at the foot of Lookout Mountain. And they had all their great armies, the units from Pennsylvania and Illinois and, you know, all the big states were over there. Confederates were arrayed across the top of Lookout Mountain. They had their cannons and their guns. And it was an overwhelming struggle, right? It was an undoable fight. And, you know, this was important, though, because if you didn't break through that line right there, you didn't go into the deep south. You didn't begin to confront the slave power at the fundamental level where it was. And so the generals, the commanders over by Lookout Mountain, they finally said, we can't do it today. We can't take this mountain. We're going to have to regroup and reposition. It may take Weeks or months to figure out what our next strategy is going to be. Look out. it's a long, long area though, and over at the side there's Missionary Ridge. Missionary Ridge, just up about as high. The Confederates were arrayed along it. They put the soldiers that weren't,, you know, in the elite units over by Missionary Ridge. Wisconsin's 24th was down at the bottom of Missionary Ridge. They were among the trees and the bushes down there. The Confederates were up at the top. And the Wisconsinites decided that they weren't going to take the orders that day. They weren't going to stand down. They did not join the Union Army. They did not go to fight merely to keep the Union together. They knew full well that they were in that fight to end the original sin of the American experiment, human bondage itself. These were moral and decent human beings who saw this struggle in its full light, in its full reality. And they decided on that day, Wisconsin's 24th, that they would take Missionary Ridge, no matter what it cost them. And so the first young soldier went out over the berm with a Wisconsin flag and he was shot down and killed. Another kid, these are 18, 19-year-olds, ran out over that berm and grabbed that flag and started running up the hill. He was decapitated by a cannonball. Third young man went over and was knocked down. Finally, a kid from Milwaukee went over. He was 18. He went over the, the ridge. He grabbed that Wisconsin flag and he started running up the hill. And he took a shot in his shoulder, he took a shot in his leg, but somehow he made it to the top of that hill. And that young man, Arthur MacArthur, who would go on to become a great military leader, but he was just a kid at the time, he got to the top of that hill and he took that Wisconsin flag and he started waving it, literally standing amid the Confederate cannons and chanting, On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin. And all of those kids in the woods poured out over that ridge and they ran up that hill into Confederate cannon fire, into Confederate guns, and they overwhelmed the Confederates and took Missionary Ridge and opened the door to the Union armies to go into the South in the final great struggles against slavery itself. Brothers and sisters, there is nothing that we will face in this struggle so daunting, so overwhelming, as Confederate cannons pointed from a hill at us. And so, brothers and sisters, in the spirit of who we are, in the spirit of those kids from Eau Claire and Chippewa and Vernon and Jefferson and Dane Counties, let us take this struggle up and say, this time, we go over the ridge, we take it, and we stand there and say to the rest of the country, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin, this state has led you in the wrong direction for eight years. But starting in January of 2019, we will be the beacon to the nation. We will lead this country for economic and social justice. We will lead this country for racial justice. We will lead this country for environmental protection. And we will be the savior of this nation. Solidarity.
0: That was progressive journalist, author, and orator John Nichols, the final keynote speaker at this year's Wisconsin's Grassroots Network Festival held in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Find more of John's work by following the links at nordenspiritradio.org and by finding John on Twitter via at Nichols Uprising. That's all for this edition of Spirit in Action. I hope you've enjoyed dropping in on the Wisconsin Grassroots Network Festival held here in Eau Claire this past fall. Production assistance by Catherine Thomas was invaluable in bringing this overview of the festival to you. We have much more information for you about WGN, the festival, the Raging Grannies, and John Nichols at NorthernSpiritRadio.org, And we'll see you all next week for Spirit in Action.